the finger from Percy. That means it's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. We've got a real exciting podcast tonight. We've got uh, some special guests that, I don't know, a lot of people have been anticipating us um, to do this podcast with you guys. we got Tim Wynn and John Hudgens. And by the way, John, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. He is spending his birthday on a podcast. Thank you. So uh, we're doing our top five concerts that we have seen. We've actually individually been to, not together, but we have seen and we've been to, and with honorable mentions, and we're going to back it up with a live album that um, was produced or done by the band that we saw in concert. So it doesn't necessarily have to be you went to a concert where they recorded the live album. Just we want to present to everyone that uh, that body of work that was from a live concert that we saw. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors, Anchor, Busted Oak Bourbon Society, who am I missing? Smokehouse, Spices Smokehouse Crackers, uh, Lynn's already been in, Wendy came by, Bootleggers, Pizza and Pints, Redmont, our unofficial sponsor, and our new sponsor, Willie's Friends Who Love Music on Facebook. If you want to really follow a great Facebook page, I mean, ding them, it's invite only, I mean, it's exclusive, but uh, we, we get a lot of listeners of that, and a lot of great people on there sharing a lot of great music content. So, I'm excited for tonight. I don't know how long this is going to be, because there's going to be some great stories um, and great music we're going to to discuss. So, y'all guys ready? Get we're ready. Yes. Willie, you ready? Ready. Ready. Get right up here. There we go. All right. So, we're starting with... I have no. I know that you didn't see Buck Owens in concert. It just didn't happen. I wish and that you did. I wish I that would, I could have just to piss you off. Yeah, I know. No, it's, I, I it's didn't. not happening. So anyway, we're starting with honorable mentions, and Persimus goes first. What you got? First off, I want to talk about when you go to a concert. Sometimes it's not about. Sometimes the concert's not the greatest concerts you've been to but it's the experience absolutely because i want to give a special shout out to last year we went to see hank williams jr at the old ryan amphitheater and to troy and roy and brandon and adam and big nelson the pre-gaming was monumental that's all a part of the experience great pre they know how to pre-game yeah i can imagine my first one is well, I went to see Motley Crue at Oak Mountain, but that's not my choice. Alice Cooper opened up for them, and Alice blew them off the stage. Yeah, he's legend. He, I mean, he totally blew them away. And the album that I'm going with is A Fistful of Alice, a live album. That's sort of a dangerous title, isn't it? Well, Tim, no, yeah, that's a dangerous title. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Tim, yeah, with that album, I'll have to go look that one up. And my second one, 
was Halloween night at Oak Mountain. I went to see Stone Temple Pilots. Scott Whalen. Yes, and he was dressed up like Clint Eastwood from The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Had the poncho on. And I have to admit that I was not a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan, but I had a buddy that lived close to Oak Mountain and we went, and that show was... I'm sure that was great. It was great. And they didn't have a live album, but there's an expanded edition of Core, and it's got a bunch of live songs that they did, including yeah. some MTV Unplugged. Oh, yeah, Plush. And, and stuff like that. And that's the album I, I'm going with. And my last honorable mention is simply because I got to go to the Mother Church of Country Music, and I got to see Lover Boy at the Ryman. Wow, okay. That's such an unlikely pairing, isn't it? Loverboy at the Ryman. Well, and it's, when you walk into that place, you can sense, I mean, you're sitting on pews. Yeah. It's church pews, just wood church pews. Loverboy can still pull it off. Like, Mike Reno looks like he got stung by a bunch of bees, but, um, I mean, he's fleshed up. But the, the sound is still... And strangely enough, that's all that matters. Yeah. Nelson opened up for them that night. Nelson. They, they, they sang a couple of their dad's songs and Sing talked about it. how he loved Nashville. And, you know, Ricky Nelson has attachment to our Yeah, to our area. To yeah, our we, area. We Pat up to we're, we're good friends. And that was that was a big thrill for me, just being in the Ryman. Yeah, like Percy said, you know, sometimes it's, it's the whole concert experience. It may not be... You know who's playing on stage, but it's you know it's who you go right. to the show with uh, the events as you stated leading up to the show, uh, the venue, uh, the crowd. Yes, the crowd that makes all the difference in the yes. world. Yes, yeah, and the reason you went too sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Concerts. If if it were up to me, I would do nothing for the rest of my life, but travel the country and go to concerts like I think you guys have done to some degree. Because if there's two cats that I know that have been to a lot of concerts, it's you two. Well, I think and John that's... was a deadhead there at one time. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still a deadhead. Yeah, I'm yeah. still traveling around. Yeah. And the dead, I think, hold the attendance record still 100,000. I was looking at that earlier, so I think the dad still has the attendance record. So, so how many times have you seen the dad? Twelve. Oh, my and God. And I've got a little story to tell when we get into our file. All right, about that. all right. Well, let's get your honorable mentions. So, John Hudgens, happy birthday. Thank you. What are your honorable mentions? Happy birthday, Jeeva. <laughs> On the uh, honorable mentions, I um, have to go with a very emotional one. It was Willie Nelson. Wow. Uh, along with Lucas Nelson. This was uh, March the 4th, 2020, right before COVID shut the Everything. rodeo down. It was the Houston Rodeo. Uh, my wife brought me. So everybody's all patriotic. And Willie had opened the first Houston Rodeo song. This was the first time he had been back in a long, long time. So he was very excited about it and got to hear all the great songs. And then... Lucas did all the backups, the high harmonies, and mm -hmm. it really, really sounded good. Well, I saw Lucas open for a Zach Brown band in New York, and I didn't realize what a talent he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I saw Willie at uh, 
casino in Philadelphia when, thank goodness, when Sister Bobby was still alive. Mm -hmm. And she could still play that piano. Oh, she was tickling them, for yeah. sure. Good stuff. Um, the live album that I would have to note is, I guess, the one that he's best known for is Willie Nelson and Family Live. Oh, great call. I have that on vinyl at home. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. Yeah. All right. The, choice. the next one would be Robert Plant. This was in June uh, 27th, 1985, in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it was a JSU road trip where we cut loose and go went to the show. Cox. You go Gamecocks. Um, the live LPs are hard to find from Robert Plant. So to fit that time period, I'd have to say that uh, 1983's The Principle of Moments yes. probably fit that concert the best because it was true to sound. Uh, it was really spot on. I love Plant was great oh, in the 80s. And he still had the voice range. Yep. He hadn't got so jaded to where he still played uh, some of the you know the old led zeppelin songs so mm -hmm. it it, it kind of made up for me not being able to see them in the day and by the way he's on tour again right now with allison krauss yeah. coming to huntsville and birmingham yeah i think we're going what a to treat. see that I mean, i'm definitely going to try to go see it cindy and i talked about it last night cool yeah. we're going good to stuff make that one. well those are good choices brother yeah, well let me give you the last one this is a goodie I saw Santana, November the 11th, 1984, at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. In, in Atlanta, Georgia. I walk in with a good buddy of mine from Jacksonville. We had been having fun and getting right for the moment, and he looks up when we get up there, and he says, man, I didn't know we were going to be outside. Because <laughs> if you've ever been to the Fox I Theater, have. it looks like a Moorish castle around the outside of it, and then you see the twinkling lights and stars and stuff on the ceiling, and it looks like almost you're outside. Yeah, y'all had your mind right. It did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Santana at that time was traveling with about 14 people. So it was a huge ensemble and just awesome sound in that theater. Uh, it really was enjoyable. That was a Chevis Regal night. Wow. Yeah. A Chevis Regal night. Chevis Regal. And like a little scotch in Santana. The live album that whatever else you were doing. Hey, well, you know. No wonder old dude thought yeah. he was outside. Oh, he yeah. thought he was outside. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't. Um, the live album I, I mentioned is uh, Z-Bop, which that's 1981. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I always have dear to heart Marathon from 79. That's the one I remember listening to just kind of over and over and over again. So that are, that's uh, the honorable mentions. I love it. Good stuff. Great selection. I never knew anyone, I've never known anyone that saw Santana live. Yeah, yeah we saw him at Oak Mountain with Little Feet. Little Feet. Wow. Great show. All right, Mr. Tim. <clears throat> okay, mine comes from uh, Friday through Sunday, June the 18th through the 20th, 2004. Cindy and I. Got to go to uh, City Stages, uh, Birmingham, that. Alabama. Lived there uh, when that was going on. Cindy wanted to come tonight, but she's ill, so. Uh, get, well, get well soon, Cindy. Yeah. 
great show. Uh, let me just name off a couple of folks that we, we did see that weekend. Switchfoot, My Morning Jacket, Rolling in the Hay, uh, Leonard Skinner, Drive-By Truckers, Live Fuel, Fountains of Wayne. It, Fountain of Wayne, is, is that uh, Stacy's mom? Or mom? Yes. Um, Decembrists, George Clinton, and the Parliament Funkadelic. One of my favorite groups. Kanye West, Aaron Neville, uh, with Charles Neville, uh, the Robert Cray Band. Love him. Keb Moe. Love him. Lynam. Oh, wow. Lynam yes, from I Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, Lost Lonely uh, Boys, Ray LaMontagne. Love him. That and, was a great City Stages lineup. And the guy that took the show was the Reverend Al, Al Green. Green has now there's be. one more artist that I hadn't uh, noted, but I'll, I'll tell you that story here in a minute. We, uh, Al Green, man, I mean from the first song to the last song, no one was sitting down. Mm -hmm. We tried to sit down several times and we danced, I mean for every single song. By the end of that show, there was one more act that night, and it was Kid Rock. Oh, wow. We were so tired, we walked outside of city stages, walked to the back of the stage where Kid Rock was, and sat on uh, the street curb and called for us a taxi mm. and listened to Kid Rock. We couldn't, we, you know, we, you had we, enough. Could, <laughs> we couldn't stand Spent. But, uh, the live album, uh, it's got to be Tokyo Live, coming from uh, June the 23rd, 24th, 1978. And I like to throw in a song, you know, because, I mean, the River and Al Green. But, I mean, it's just one of my favorites of oh, all time. It, it, it's just, um, how can you get any better? But uh, it's got to be Love and Happiness. Love that song. You know, when, when that song takes off and, you know, shortly after the intro, you know, I assume it's a Hammond B organ mm -hmm. comes in. I mean, what what song is not a great song that doesn't have a Hammond B, B organ? Yeah. yeah. Or is not an Al Green song. I mean, it, Al it, Green it, did it. It's great. Love him. What a great. Okay, that's, that's one, right? Selection. Yep. Okay. The next would have to be coming from May the 7th through the 8th. Again, Birmingham, Alabama, Schaefer Eye Center Crawfish Bowl. Yeah, they used to do a big one. Yeah, Countless times. I John, think, that, are they still doing that? I don't think so. That was yeah. a big, that, that was a big deal. Many times. I, yeah. I can't, you know, I can't count the times that I went to the, the Crawfish Bowl. John and I actually went, uh, once and I can't tell you who we saw. It was mm. a late arrival, yeah, last was, minute, hit jump in the car, go. Mm -hmm. um, but Cindy and I got to see them again for uh, this May uh, 2004 show. Cowboy Mouth. If you've okay, ever seen yes. Cowboy Mouth, now Cowboy Mouth. I haven't seen them. Well, their drummer is the lead singer and they pulled his drum set out center stage front and center wow so he's not sitting in the back 
I've never heard of any band doing And he wears like it out. You got to see Cowboy Mouth. Sister Hazel, seen him countless Fantastic. times. Fantastic. We had him here at Main Street Music Festival. Yep. Got to meet him backstage. Uh, Collective Soul. I got to see them at the Crossfit Festival. One of my favorite 90s bands, along with Stone Temple Pilots. And they they actually surprised me. They did a couple of ACDC songs during that set list at the Crossfit Festival. They're great. I saw them at the Tabernacle. Another church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they went to church that night. It was great. Yeah. Uh, The Rising. I don't know if you... The Rising didn't take off... uh, it was Michael Johns. He was on uh, American Idol. Okay. Did well on that show, but again, came out and formed this band. Uh, I think it was along about 2014. He died of uh, enlarged heart. But go back and look up The Rising All Cradle right. or Cradle Me or something like that's the song. Fabulous. Cindy and I uh, met him under his tent after the show. She's got a signed copy of the CD. I mean, he was talking to us just like us sitting here. Oh, it's good stuff. Common people. He's a normal guy. Great. But the act that took the show, and I've seen these guys several times, uh, better than Ezra. Yeah, that's a great band. Kevin Griffin, Mm -hmm. uh, such a great songwriter. A, A lot of people don't know. Uh, but he wrote uh, Howie Day's Collide. He wrote Sugarland, Stuck Like Glue. He, sh- uh, he wrote Trains, I Got You. He, he's, he wrote a song for Meatloaf, I can't remember which one that was. And uh, Breathless, by uh, better than Ezra, Ezra yeah. was covered by Taylor Swift. Wow. Yeah, had a great song. What was it? Rosalia? Yeah, that's better than that. Rosalia. Yeah, yeah. Rosalia. Great song. Oh, they've got Great group. Uh, back when me and Smitty and Stan Hudgens played uh, together, we always did Good, uh, Desperately Wanting, a uh, couple other their songs, uh, Extraordinary, uh, we didn't do, but I love that song, King of New Orleans. Okay. I mean, you know, they're from the New Orleans area. Yeah. Uh, my favorite song uh, takes me back to uh, uh, Dominican Republic. That's a shout out there to uh, Cindy. And it is At the Stars. At There's the a story stars. I cannot tell about that one. Okay. Well, we'll keep it on the DL until <laughs> this is over and I'm impressed for it. But I did see them once upon a time at uh, House of Blues in New Orleans. So, I love House of Blues. So the album that I chose was live at the House of Blues, New Orleans, released in September 20, September 28, 2004, was recorded during that summer, around town. So, uh, This is already shaping up to be a hell of a playlist. We just getting started. We just getting cracking. So I got one more, right? Yep, you got one more. One more. Let's go back to Sunday night, July the 12th, Excuse me. Sunday night, June the twelfth, nineteen hundred and ninety-four, Valentine Park, downtown London, England. Oh my goodness! And I got to see 
James Brown. The no Godfather way. of soul. That had to be amazing. <laughs> it it was you know, beyond words. Uh jump back, make more kiss kiss myself. But get this. He Go get in the up. hot tub. Here we are. Uh, a lady from work went with me. Uh nobody else, you know, we had hundred people. I was over there working with the Intergraph at the time for the summer. And nobody wanted to go except this one lady, so Kelly Myers and I went. And uh, they open up. He opens up with Living in America. Oh, yeah. Rocky Four. London, England, Living in America. Okay, now he's got, he's got four background singers. He's got four dancing girls. Okay, so he the four dancing girls has got the uh, Uncle Sam uniforms on. Nice. Dancing around. Second song, those four dancing girls go off stage. Another set of four dancing girls come on Sunday. He had rotating dancing girls and four. probably a bag of cocaine. Oh, <laughs> well, okay, so then <laughs> for every song. That gets into another story. For every other song now, that, or every other song, those girls would switch and they would have new uniforms on. New it's each, like a Whitney Houston concert. Oh yeah, each time they came out. Well it was long about song five, six, or seven. You know he's already done the half splits you know about four or five times. Mm -hmm. You know so he's got it down. But this one time he goes down and he does not get <laughs> And you could see that He's torn a girl. We, we made our way right up. We got there early, so we made our way right up to the front of the stage, you know. And uh, this you, could be a Dave Chappelle episode where you go to a James Brown concert and he tears his groin doing splits. He did. Well, he did something because he wasn't getting up, and people on the side stage almost came out and helped him up, but he grabbed a hold of the microphone stand, helped, helped himself up, and he stood in one place for the rest of the night. Sang oh his ass off. And when they brought the cape out to put over him when he was down, he was really down. He was He was, he hurt. was hurt. He was but hurt. he he stood in one place for the rest of the night. But he still sang like no other. That's what you get for doing the splits though. Sorry for taking up so much time, but that's my threat. That's a great story. Alright, so it's my honorable mentions. Okay, we'll get kicked off. My first honorable mention is Bob Seger. So I, I do want to start with saying, um, like y'all, all y'all, I've been to a bunch of concerts, but uh, narrowing it down, I really looked at what kind of live albums they had to, and then when I, I put this in writing, I realized that every one I have is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was like, okay, I'm sort of impressed with myself a little bit. So I've seen eight concerts and the guys were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I've left out some. But the first one, Bob Seger. Uh, my daughter, Lauren, who I love, um, she turned 21. But for Christmas, she bought me and her tickets to go see Bob Seger in Birmingham. And it was just me and her. And we were right up close to the stage. I swear Bob Seger almost high-fived me. It was great. It was a fantastic night. And uh, the album I want to put out there 
Uh, oh, and by the way, was that the one that Whitey Morgan, Whitey Morgan <laughs> opened up for him? Yeah, it was because Whitey's from Michigan. This yeah. is a Michigan bunch. So everybody knows how like, much I love oh, Whitey. He loves Whitey. So anyway, the album I want to put out is Bob Seger's live album, uh, Nine Tonight. Not Live Bullet, but Nine Tonight because it really embodied more of a broader um, work of music. So that's my first honorable mention. My second honorable mention is Jackson Brown. And the reason behind that is for my mom's birthday, I took her to the Alabama Theater in Birmingham to see Jackson Brown. Cool. She likes Jackson Brown. I love Alabama Theater. If y'all have never been to a show there, which I'm Wait, sure y'all have, it's fantastic. We've seen them. We, Michael and I got stories about that one particular concert where... Somebody called somebody dick nuts, but it was absolutely hilarious. It was but Cody Jinks concert. <laughs> it was, they weren't ready for a Cody Jinks crowd. They kept running out of every time we, we would, drank them out of beer. <laughs> they would run out of beer. We're out of this, but, out of that, but. it was great. So I, I took my mom for her birthday. We went to dinner and we went to see Jackson Brown at the Alabama Theater, and it was just a great show. And the album I'm going to put out is running on empty because Jackson record that was live recordings from. Concert halls, hotel rooms, weird places, on the bus, and it's just, it's a solid album. So, that's my second honorable mention. And I struggled on this last one between uh, so many, but I wound up uh, with Elton John. I'm an Elton fan, and uh, got to see him in Denver, got to see him in Atlanta, and the guy plays forever. And he still got it. Now, he's on his farewell tour. We had the, our episode with Scotty Martin talking about Elton's songs. But I loved Elton's early stuff. His early stuff. It's my favorite. So the album I'm putting out there is 171170, which is Elton Live. And it was done in a studio with 125 people. And it is a treat. And strangely enough, he... Played on a Jackson Brown album under an alias. Yeah, he, he was did. afraid he was going to get deported, and he played under an alias. Yeah, and I wish I could find no, footage of his when he came to America and his like first gig was at the Troubadour, and that's from that famous picture where Elton's feet are over his head and his hands are on the keyboards. The guy had amazing skills. So those are my honorable mentions and we are about to take a little break a commercial break after honorable mentions and we'll be right back with you all right welcome back um it's a good commercial break tim you had some things you wanted to mention about uh my choices yeah your your list man i just love it um i got to see uh, Bob Seger, three times. Nice. Uh, do you recall which song it was uh, that the sax player would climb to the top of the, the theater? His name was Alto Reed. Yeah. And how can you have a sax player not named Alto <laughs> Reed? Got, but it, it had to... Uh, I forget which song it had to be Main Street. I mean, but back, it, it really or amazed me back then that they, they had wireless back then. 
Yeah, you would that's pretty, the top pretty of the wild. back of the arena and fire up, and they put the, fire up the song. They put the spotlight on him. Yeah, good stuff, man. It's a good show, and Bob would come out and play, and they'd do about I don't know when I saw him about seven or eight songs, and they'd say, "I'm going to take a seven minute break," and that's the amount of time it took him to go off stage smoke a cigarette and come back. Bob had that nailed down cuz I I'm, knew that's actually what that was I'm, I'm kind of sad cuz a few years ago I had tickets to see Bob in Atlanta and I never have seen Bob but I had just started a new job and I couldn't take any time off so we had to sell our tickets. No, he's, and he's, and now Bob's got so much back problems. He can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But and, and he's ties to Alabama too, to uh, Muscle Shoals. Yeah, yeah. Muscle yeah. Shoals did and, some uh, stuff up there. I'm, I'm sure ties first, to the Eagles well, for, too, because he for, gave Glenn Price shot. A, a ten year run, they did. A, a Muscle Shoals sounded half the songs on his albums for ten mm-hmm. years, and they were only there was no contract. It was just a handshake. It was a handshake. It was a handshake, and Bob paid them. Yep. Good stuff. Not like Paul Simon. No, Paul Simon did not pay. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Not, he never paid his bill at Muscle Shoals Sound Studios. Mm-mm. We learned that on our tour. So, uh, Jackson, so I had Jackson Brown. Brown. Okay, Jackson Brown. I had the opportunity to see Jackson Brown twice. Uh, he's one of my uh, younger brother John's favorite artists. John's been able to see him. I I can't. I don't know how many times, but uh, later on in this session, we'll we'll talk a little more about Jackson Brown. Well, I tell you, he to me is the quintessential '70s singer songwriter. He could write. Got to put in that elbow grease. Yeah, said. that's right. Yeah. According to Glenn Fry, elbow grease. That's what it took. Jackson Did- Brown. Could write. Didn't he come up with the line uh, "Standing on a corner"? In he Lynch, sure Winslow, did. Arizona. No, no, Glenn he wrote the that. song. He wrote the song, and Glenn come up with that one line. No, it's vice versa. Glenn wrote the song and got stuck. Yeah, and then Jackson came in. No, Jackson wrote the song, and Glenn come up with a about the flatbed full. All right, Google it, John. To yeah. be continued. <laughs> yeah. To be continued. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to task on that. And Glenn made tons of money off from writing that one You're line. You're going to have to give me a back rub or That's something. That's a good one for the listeners to right. look Yeah, at. to Google. All right, so the other one was... Elton John. Elton John. Got a shout-out to Cindy Slam Duncan. She's one of our old friends. Uh She's on Willie's Friends Who Love Music, and uh, she she took me to my first Elton John concert in Huntsville. She had an extra ticket and uh, invited me. Uh, I worked uh, each week in Richmond, Virginia during 2005, 2006, travel up there every week, work, come home for the weekend. Uh, had a shuttle driver take me out to eat every night uh so i'm going you know for a tuesday night why what are all these people in town he goes well elton john's playing at the coliseum here next door oh you you gotta be kidding 
Elton John. Yeah. I said, well, can you pick me back up in 30 minutes? Normally I'd stay out, you know, and eat for an hour, hour and a half, whatever. Yeah, gladly. Come back and get me 30 minutes. So he dropped me off at Sushi Restaurant. I got me a roll, ate it. He took me over to the Coliseum. Soon as I got out of the van, there was a group of seven people. I said, y'all got any extra tickets? We got one. The eighth member did not show. Did not show. And uh, yeah. well, where are the seats? Next to the stage. Oh, Eye boy. level. Fabulous show. Yeah, and he plays a long big. time, too. Oh, big fan. And you know everything he does. Yeah, all those, uh, I'm, I'm with you, all the old music, it's, it's, it's just so good. I, I like his new music, even with Kiki D. But yep. uh, uh, Burn Down the Mission. That's it. it can Take it, Me to the Pilot. Uh, can it get any better? No, it can't. No, that was excellent. So we're down to it, guys. Y'all ready? We're starting at uh, number it. five. Percy, what is your number five? My number five was at Oak Mountain, and I got to see ZZ Top and Ted Nugent open up for them. The Motor City Madman. And I was not a big Ted Nugent fan to them, but he, he put on a show, but ZZ Top was just... What can you say? They were amazing. And the album I'm going with is Live from Around the World. Okay. It was about to steal some of my thunder. And and more importantly, there's two songs on there that the recently departed Jeff Beck plays on. He plays on Rough Boy and he plays on Sixteen Tons. Which recently I've been inundated with listening to war music, and they do a great version of 16 Tons. Uh, they do. And that's my number five. That's a great choice. And we had talked, I mean, we even put it out on our Facebook page, and I think we tagged Willie's about concerts you wish you have seen. Yeah, that was a good one. And I was like, man, I wish I could have seen Led Zeppelin. And then I did a, a retake, and I was like, I wish I could have seen Warm. Yeah, and John has seen them. Yeah, few times. Yeah, we. Was fan they were fantastic ahead of their time. So shout out to them. All right, John, what's your number five? All right, the number five, and this is the one that started it all for me. In December seventh, nineteen seventy six, the Von Braun in Huntsville. You wanted the best. You got oh, the best. Pissed. Kiss. Yeah. And opening for them was Dr. Hook in the Traveling oh, wow. Medicine Show. Um, <laughs> Classic. In the seventh grade, me and my buddy, his dad brought us there with our double dates, dropped us off. He hung out at the bowling alley and drank beer while the show was going on. And it really blew my mind. I mean, Dr. Hook was... No, they were phenomenal. They were, and yeah, and the way they were cutting it. up, uh, the guy with the eye patch, I can't remember his name, but, you know, he ends up whipping out his junk and was doing the helicopter. <laughs> In the seventh grade, we're like, with our dates, freaking out. Oh, my God. And it's like, That's is, this, is, a family is, show. is this real? <laughs> they were ranked explicit. Is this real? And it was. But after that, when Kiss came on, the show, 
the big fire cannons were so big they were for big arenas and they were hitting the ceilings and curling down. <laughs> and it was like, it's gonna come down and hit the crowd. Did Gene spit the blood? Gene night? spit the blood. This was, uh, I believe it was the Rock and Roll Over or Alive yeah, show. Yeah, Rock and Roll Over. Yeah. That's the first album I ever bought. And it was awesome. I mean, it was loud. I uh, bought a t-shirt. Brought it home, wore it proudly to school the next day. It was a bootleg, so there was something in it, and it caused me to break out in hives. So it's like my mom had to come get me from school. Everybody in school thinks that old story. John's done something and he's you know in trouble. Great story. Yeah, it was it was a wild night all around. That's a great, great thing. <laughs> Willie, what you got for number five? Oh, oh, live go album, ahead. The live, live album, album. Yes. It would have to be Kiss Alive, 1975. Oh, it's, it's so great. That's such a great album. That I, I think that embodied their their time. It yeah. really, it really lent to the experience that we had that night. That's good. That'd be fun to listen to. Wow. Willie T, what you got for number five? Let's go back to June the 2nd, 1977, Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center. Now you gotta understand, at this time, all concerts were $7.50. Yeah, they weren't expensive. But then we thought, oh man, I gotta come up with seven fifty. Yeah, me and my did it. Me and my good buddies, uh, uh, David Bartlett, uh, rest in peace, David. Uh, Chris Dyer, Chris Dyer from Douglas, not the one from Gunnersville, but we had a, an aluminum entrepreneur business where we would take uh, scrap metal to Culp's down mm. in Atala, and that's how we funded all of our concerts. Well, Fleetwood Mac came to town, oh, and boy. it was $16.50. Highway robbery. High dollar. But it was, you know, it was a fabulous show, you know, all, you know, all the mainstay. I mean, they were, they were point on, you know. And what year was this again? This was 77, June oh, the 2nd, mm. summer of uh, 77. It was, it was a good time. Good stuff. Um, you know, like I said, every, every song, you know, Christy McVie recently passing away. She you did. Know, I, I really... You know, Stevie Nicks was to look at. Christine Christy was to listen, to, listen to. to. Yeah. And I, I thought she was always attractive, also. But God, her music, that Songbird. Songbird. How can you was get any better than Songbird? You can't. It's that's one of the most beautiful songs ever. Yeah. So, I'll have to go for a live album. I have to go to the dance. Oh, you know, I'm glad that made it. That's one of my favorite albums. It's. it's Face likes to call it the river. <laughs> yeah, I get that confused. <laughs> I don't think... Back off, some bitch. I don't think... I don't think uh, Songbird is on that album, though. It's not. No, uh, I almost didn't. It's not. You sure it's not on I'm there? I'm positive. It's not. No, it, to be maybe. challenged. Where's yeah. that progressive commercial? Yeah, it may be on there. Yeah, they released it uh, 
August 19th, 1997, The Dance. Uh, you gotta think about it. They hadn't released an album since 1987 when they released that. And The Dance, I mean... was fabulous. Uh, USC Marching Trojan Band comes in at the end. Well, you know, I have a problem with that. I don't know why they did not call the Million Dollar Band. Or... The Marching Southerners. <laughs> J.S. Best Sorry, band in the state. In the United States. The Marching Southerners got like the Heisman Trophy oh, this past year for marching bands. They did. So, good choice. Okay. All right. Four person kicks me out of here. Um, my song off of that album has to be Silver Springs. That's my it's, favorite Fleetwood Mac song yeah, and it. from that album it's fabulous uh, if, you, if you've never if you're not familiar with Buckingham Knicks mm -hmm. uh, the album uh, yeah they played at Tuscaloosa way back when. yeah my uh, you probably went to that my first cousin Gail uh, Harris Gail Hancock Harris turned me on to that album and I, I think when I allowed me to borrow it, and when I uh, when I gave it back to her, I, I, th I think you know it had ruts in it. I had played it so much. It was great. You know, I should probably, if I could find a copy of it, I'd buy it for her. And I would suggest to anyone, if you love Fleetwood Mac, to go check out Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac in the early days. Yeah, it was bluesy. It, it was a straight up blues. Straight up blues and rock. Yeah, well, Bob Welch, right? Bob yeah. Welch yeah. and mm -hmm. Bob Welch and Dave Mason played with them at different yeah. times, I think. Mm -hmm. Now I got to see uh, Dave Mason and Bob Welch together at the Batwell in Birmingham. Wow, in I love the Batwell, and that segues into my next section, my next selection. So it was great. So my number five is Cheap Trick. So I've been able to see them a few times, but the first time I saw them was on their Dream Police tour, and I saw them at the Boutwell Auditorium, and I was in a metal fold-out chair on the front row and actually got to stand up and go high-five Robin Zander. And uh, it was... You were probably there, but it was a fabulous show. And the Boutwell then was just so cool. You felt like you were really in it. You were on top band. of it. Yes. You were on top of yeah. it. It was just a great place to see a concert. Well, you, and that was one of my first concerts. I'm, I don't say. Your dad was their drummer. Well, my dad looked just like Bunny Carlos. <laughs> really? Dangling cigarette the whole nine yards. We actually had a friend convinced because I had a cheap trick poster in my bedroom. And uh, we had, had a friend convinced that my dad was actually Bunny Carlos. But he was disguised as the guy that ran the cotton mill here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he did look like Bunny so I was I was an instant fan because of that, but that was a great show, and the album, of course, the live album, I mean, is live at Budokan. It was fantastic, and Bunny breaks out into some drum riffs on that album, 
Ain't That a Shame, and he just, and he had some, a set of drumsticks, too, that looked like baseball bats. He would beat the shit out of these drums, <clears throat> and uh, anyway, that's my number five. So Great one. Yeah. I've probably seen Cheap Trick over 10 yeah, times. At least. No. Yeah. They were so great. Never disappoint. Cheap Trick or Mother's Finest. Mm. Uh, I don't know which one I've seen the most. Both fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Persimus, what's your number four? My number four was really a bucket list for me. I got to see Slow Hand, Eric Clapton at Phillips Arena. Mm. And that was... For me, that was a, truly a bucket list. Never seen him. It's something I'm sad about. And he came out and did three or four songs acoustically, just on a stool. And then he did and come out in the main stage. And the album that I'm going with is an album that was released here recently, and it's nothing but the blues. Because Clapton's heart, he was a blues he's, man. He's a blues man. B.B. King was even noted as saying the best blues guy he's ever heard was Eric Clapton. Coming well, from B.B. King. When Eric Clapton recorded Strange Brew, he said that he stole a couple of licks from Buddy Guy. And Buddy Guy said, when I heard that, he said, I thought I'd made, I'd had it made. <laughs> I'd finally made the big time when Clapton stole a couple of my licks mm -hmm. but nothing but the blues is nothing but blues covers and he tells who did the song before he does it and it's just it's a great live album that's an excellent choice slow hand if you've ever watched him play you know why they call him yeah. slow hand well yeah, that's for sure the, it's seamless the story that i read he got the name slow hand when they were playing, he was playing early on, possibly with the Yardbirds, that he would break a string and people would slow clap while he was changing his string. Wow. Didn't and that, know that. And that's where he got the, the name Slow Hand. <clears throat> Very interesting. I always thought it was from his hand movement because if you, if you watch him play, there's very little move. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you, you take somebody like Eddie Van Halen, you know, it's just all over the keyboard. You know, Eric just, you know, very little hand movement. It was seamless. But there's so much coming mm -hmm. from that guitar, too. Well, B.B. Yeah. King was one, and he learned from B.B. King and lots of others, but B.B. King was one that really taught me that you don't have to play fast to be good. Profound. John and I got to see him uh, with Cindy also at... Uh, Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center. Yeah, yeah we had awesome. a crew there. Bet that was great. Yeah. Key Rice, Lil Shirey. Oh man. Annette, Smitty, characters. Kara. Oh my God, the characters keep getting stronger. Yeah, that was a good time. It was a good time. We, we took over the Tutwaller Hotel there in Birmingham. Love the Tutwaller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. All right, John. All right, well, we number, spoke... We're number four? Yes, number four. We spoke about this one earlier, and, uh, you know, it, it's as much about the event, the happening, as much about the show. And that's yes, right. that's the Grateful Dead. Oh. This was a big one because it Wish was... Wish I would have seen that. It was I April 5th, 1995, 
And this was Jerry's last show through Birmingham because he passed away on August 9th, 1995. Mm. And, uh, you know, the people saying as they're walking through the crowds with their selling vendor wares and, you know, what have you, that, you know, they were looking for a miracle. And we all found one that day because the show was awesome. You know, they went in and played for three hours straight. Uh, about midways through, there's the drum solo where everybody can know to remember oh, yeah. to go to the bathroom go and the, whatever you need can. to do. Yep. And the fellow that I went through, a good friend of mine, he he was with me and he says, I got to go. I'll be back in a minute. Okay, well, after a while, he never showed up. So I was like, well, I better go looking for him. So I went looking for him and I finally found him. And he was kind of out in front of the bathrooms there on the level that we were. And he was watching this girl just kind of spin around in a hoop dress. And I watched him for a little while and I says, hey man, are you ready to go? He was like, yeah, I've, I've had enough. <laughs> there we have it. Yeah. There we have it. So Concert experience. It, it was an awesome show and, and many of them that I'd seen, it was, you know, the experience, which has kind of lived through today with widespread panic and a lot of other type jam bands like right. that uh, right but my live album that i want to have to go with is uh sunshine daydream that's great that's 1972 but it really kind of set the stage and had that feeling and i challenge anybody if they haven't watched long strange trip on amazon mm -hmm. to watch it that's a great watch it was yeah that's an excellent man as many times as they came to birmingham I cannot believe I did not see that. I can't believe You know, really normally it was an event. It was three days running that they'd come in and put on the shows. And I'm sure there those was. Those folks would camp out for three days in the street. I'm sure there was a certain aroma in the air. For sure. Yes. Mm, All good those times. folks selling Sierra Nevada out of the trunk of their car. Grilled cheese know? sandwiches and pickles and you name it. We, we used to sell t-shirt, me and a friend of mine down there and uh, it, that really funded the whole thing for us is selling these bootleg t-shirts from another friend of ours, T. Rice, who would, you know, print them up for us and get us ready to go. So That's a great story, man. Pretty awesome. All right. Tim, what you got, man? Well, I'm, I'm going a year forward from the last one, uh, from number five. And that was on a Saturday night, June the 24th, 1978. Started out with Andrew Gold. You know, Andrew Gold yes. had been the background singer, guitar player for Linda, mm -hmm. Ronstadt. Um, followed by Andrew was the madman himself, Joe Walsh. I'd love to see him. Did all of his, you know, his... his uh, Rocky Mountain James Rocky, Gang. James yeah. Gang. Funk 49. All of his... Turn to Stone. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was awesome. Jersey Joe. Was Andrew Gold uh, the Raspberries before that? You know, I'm not sure. You know, when I worked for Golden Flake, I had a customer that had a, a friend that owned a car dealership in Huntsville. And this, he, he would tell me these stories, and he talked about back in the 70s that they got to, uh, one night they got to go party with Joe Walsh. 
And they said, yeah, all that stuff is true. <laughs> I bet. But uh, there's one more during that show. Uh, again, ticket sales were still $7.50 back then. Another highway robbery, we thought. We almost didn't go to the show. Tickets cost us $12.50, and the headline was the Eagles. Oh, wow. So Joe got to play twice that night. He and it was it was everyone, you know, Don Felder, Timothy B. Smith, uh, the works. Was Timothy there, or was that still Randy Meiser? Uh, I, I'm, I'm almost certain this was after Timothy. Yeah, because that was, you know, I, Hotel mm, California, I, I think it was 76. So yeah. That would have been Timothy. He, he and Joe had joined, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But, uh, you know, just every song that night. I mean, there was there was no bad songs. You knew everything. Yeah, you knew every song. Uh, so my live album, it's got to be Hell Freezing's Over. That's a great Eagles. one. Yeah. Uh, and There's so many. They did everything, and they... They did it differently. There was, you know, the acoustic version of Hotel California. That's where I'm the going. The other stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's a recently a live fabulous a live album. It's only on vinyl that they they have released. It's from '76. I think it was maybe from the Forum. It's just only on vinyl. It's not on any streaming services or anything. Hmm. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, you know that album came from April 1994 as an MTV special. Mm -hmm. uh, I still watch it from time I, to time. We do too. Mm -hmm. It's uh, had four studio tracks on it, mm -hmm. on the DVD. Um, Get over it. Yeah. Um, but then... My favorite uh, one is the, the country take, The Girl from Yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love Will Keep You Alive. Yeah, then the 11 tracks, you know, from from that show in April of 94. Um, the acoustic version, if I'm not mistaken, they opened the show with the acoustic version of Hotel California. Yeah, I think, right? I think that's right. You know, that it just really upsets me that they kicked Don Felder out because of the synergy. I mean, that if you go back mm -hmm. and watch that, you can see the synergy between Don Felder and Joe Walsh. They just meshed. They played off each other. Oh, it, it was just and it was a religious I think, experience. I think Don Felder got a bad rap. I, I think so, too. Well, what really pisses me off is that Don Henley sang a song about forgiveness, mm -hmm. but yet we're yeah. not going to forgive Don Felder. Yeah. Well, and most of that was most of that was on Glenn. Glenn, just well, I think between Felder and Fry, and, yeah, Fry, that was where it was at. But then you get into uh, Fry and uh, and Henley, then they ran the band, and I think they were assholes. Yeah, well, they still are, but <laughs> but that's why tickets are like three hundred bucks a pop. Uh, Felder. And Walsh were, they were straight up buddies. Yeah. Yeah. John and me and John and Cindy got to see them in Atlanta in Piedmont Park. 
um, you know, they had the Smith dude with them. And Smith is Stewart. He's techni- yeah. yeah, technically. Yeah. Oh. He's technical, sounds good. But emotionally, he's, he's, he's it's, nothing. It's not he's, the same. He sounds good, though, when he's singing the songs. Uh, there were like 30 plus thousand people there outdoors, and it was phenomenal. No, how I, well I've seen them eight times, and it, it's all been with essentially with Stewart. Because I didn't get to see him on the Hell Freezes Over tour. My brother got to see him, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't invite me on that that trip to Nashville to see him on the Hell Freezes Over tour. But I've seen him eight times, and Stewart can play it, but it's just it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the Eels. It's yeah. a missing element. Gumby and I got to see uh-huh. uh, um, the band at center stage. Stop and- it. In Atlanta, um, I'm getting off track. I know. No, but, uh, you saw the band. But get off track. All of them were there, except for Robbie, and Smith was playing that part. You want to talk about another ass? There's Robbie. Robbie's an ass. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. Truly. It was, it was a great show and though. A, a dear friend of our show, Mike Bruce. Talks about how Levon Helm was the coolest dude that he ever hung out with. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Totally. So my number four. I'm going with the Rolling Stones. So I've seen them a few times. Um, probably the, not the most recently, but the most memorable, 1989 Steel Wheels Tour, Legion Field. Went with my good friend Pat Tate. And uh, it was fabulous. They, uh, Living Color opened for them. Yes. And uh, you remember, y'all remember that. You we were there. there. We were there. Yeah. They Long inflated night. those big balloons Bull of honky dolls. tonk women. Yeah. yeah. And then they opened with honky tonk mm-hmm. woman. And it was, <laughs> it was fabulous. And it was uh, my first year out of college. I barely had money to do anything. Uh, kid on the way, the whole nine yards. But, uh, I mustered up enough money to go see the Stones at Legion Field, Steel Wheels Tour, and uh, my live album from the Stones that everyone needs just to hear is Get Your Yaya's Out. Yep. Uh, it's a great live album, and I think it represents, you know, a body work they did, and there's nothing like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards live. Uh, yeah, that I, was a great show. Yeah, and I saw them. Great show. Later on, some a couple of times, but I saw him at Bobby Dodd in Atlanta uh, Stadium, and I was like, Mick Jagger bought the Fountain of Youth. That these guys just don't grow old. It's like those British rockers just keep going forever. Well, he was running like eight miles a day for mm-hmm. till he had his heart attack or something. Yeah. Well, and Keith Richards came out on the that like the catwalk, the runway, and he was jogging. I'm like. That some bitch smokes five packs of cigarettes a day. What's he doing running up and here? Who he could do it. Cool about Mick. He'll go to these when he plays these uh, concerts. Now he'll go to these local bars and stuff, and he'll just have on a hat and be incognito. And he'll take pictures of himself and put it on Twitter, where mm-hmm. like nobody recognizes right. him. He's just out hanging out, having a beer. He looks like an old British woman now that went to Vassar <laughs> University. 
or something. Yeah, for that for that show brought back a memory. I lived across the street from the Nick. I loved the Nick. <laughs> I, I lived on the second floor of this apartment complex, and I could look just across the street and see the lights of the Nick. So John comes down to visit. We walk down to Five Points. Which that is was a long night. Just a just a few you know a few blocks away, and we caught a bus over to Legion Field and back that night to see the Steel Wheels. Yeah, ended concert. up at Steak and Eggs at like eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, Steak and Ale. <laughs> steak, steak and, and Ale. Yeah. And Center Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah, this one's no, it was it was this was down by UAB. Oh boy. Okay. Good times. I lived in Birmingham three different times. Love that city. My oh, favorite right. city. Great yeah. music city. Oh, yeah. Still is. The Nick. Oh, that was <laughs> epic. I can't believe you even brought that up. A lot of good stories. All right. So, how are we doing on time first? We need a commercial break? We're doing good. All right. So, we're down to the nitty gritty. And this is number three. Persimus, what you got? My number three is a band that I paid $23.95 to see, and it's ACDC, and it was the Razor's Edge tour. Wow. That I got to see them at the Von Braun Civic Center, and when we walked back to our vehicles, we could not hear each other talk. (laughs) They were loud. And if you go see ACDC, you better not... You drink any libations because they don't take a break. Mm. And I've heard stories about Angus's fingers bleeding from playing guitar because they don't take a break. They just keep going right on through. And that show was a fabulous show. I love it. And the album I'm going with is one of the greatest live albums to me ever. And it's the ACDC live album. Okay, I like it. It's just a great live album. That'll be rocking for this playlist. This playlist is going to be great. All right, that's your number three. John, what's your number three? All right, number three comes in at In Excess. Oh, boy. September 14th. Oh, man. 1988. Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers opened up for him. This was in Birmingham at the Birmingham Jefferson. Um, the thing that really stands out along with just great music was while they were playing, a guy jumps up onto the stage, runs across the straight stage, grabs Michael Hutchison's leather in excess inks jacket that's been in all the videos off the riser, grabs it and turns around and runs out and dives out into the middle of the crowd. They didn't miss a beat. They came in with Listen Like Thieves, even though they had already played it, just right at the drop of a hat. It was awesome. What did they do with the guy? With the... He made it off with the jacket, as far as I know. <laughs> That's what I was curious about. They track him down and beat his ass? He or... a couple big ones. <laughs> yeah. He oh, was wow. quick as a cat. All right, what's your album? The album that I'm going to go with is what the live album is what the tour was. It's Kick, 1988. I love it. They were so underrated and so talented in excess. And he didn't live but about 
nine more years after that. Yeah, it was tragic. That guy was beyond his oh, it years. Was, it was smooth. He really, yeah. really sounded like I would love to what have you seen heard. him. Yes. Yeah. All right, Willie. What year did you see uh, ACDC? It was 92. Okay, I'm following up with, uh, I want to say, I couldn't get to the exact date, but I want to say it's sometime in 77. Uh, I saw Alice Cooper, Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center, and there was a band that opened up for them that nobody knew except for these five guys right down front, front and center stage. The opening band was ACDC. You gotta, oh you gotta understand though. I was three then, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Angus comes out in a schoolboy uniform mm -hmm. and, and does sound check. He does, sound, you know, not the roadies, but he comes out. And these five guys down front are just going crazy. And we're going, look at this dude, this school kid. You know, they're going crazy for him. So. But uh, there was this huge film projector out in the middle of the arena. And it had this tape that they were loading up to it. Must have been six inches, eight inches wide. You know, it looks like the, the science. Right. Uh, eight millimeters, you know, you, in science class. But it was huge. I mean, as big as this room. Loaded up the tape, and I remember I turned to uh, David Bartlett and Chris Dyer, and I go, we paid $7.50 to watch Alice Cooper on a film projector. And they go, no, no, not, surely not. So, right, ACDC just blew the crowd away, you know. After that was that, Bon Scott, too. It was Bon Scott. After that oh. show, everybody in Birmingham, Alabama, that was at that show, knew ACDC. Yeah. But uh, they had this rising... Uh, screen on stage and it had these slits in it so they started for Alice they started playing this this film and it was a desert like environment with a road and you could see way off in the distance there was dust flying up and you said okay well there's a vehicle coming at us you can see the dust flying uh, camera gets closer and closer you go well no it's people and then the people line up in a line, and one by one, they jump out of the screen, and it looks just like they're coming out of the screen. Oh my! Life size, life, you know, they're jamming already. Alice's in Alice. the back, yeah, and he comes, jumps through the screen, uh, and I can't remember which song they opened up with, but the most memorable of the show was. Black Widow, they had a rising spider web and nice. ropes. You know, big, big spider web, uh, two brown spiders, life size, thorax ball. Uh, you could tell, because when they raised their head, you could see it was two women. They're climbing all over the spider web during the show. About halfway through, a Black Widow comes out, chases the two brown spiders off. Gets in a fight with Alice. Alice finally gets the best of her. Knocks her thorax ball off. She, he kills her and she lays down over the thorax ball. What theatrics? 
Okay, so he, he kneels down beside her and sings, I Never Cry. At the end of I Never Cry, the lights don't go out. They dim, a little bit of smoke, fog comes up around her. He grabs her by the neck and picks her up and beats her all the way through. Only Women Bleed. Rock <laughs> kicks her in the head at the end of Only Women Bleed. She on the stage laying down. The lights don't go out. They dim. A little mist comes up around her. He reaches out his hand and pulls the woman. Only Alice off. Cooper. I mean, what it, an experience. It, it's, it's better than David Copperfield. Oh, yeah. What an experience. Alice was a master. Uh, live album, The Alice Cooper Show. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, this concert yeah. was, was during the tour of, I think it's called King of the Silver Screen. Okay. And the song, yeah, I mean, can you get any better than uh, School's Out? No, you can't. That's a rocker. That's good stuff. Wow, what an experience that had to be. All right. How we doing over here, Purse? All right. A man <laughs> of few words. Yeah. And good looks. <laughs> I Not doubt really. that. I doubt yeah. that. But. All right, so it's my number three. Well, I'm going with uh, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. So I've seen him a few times. I'm going again Friday night. Phillips Arena in Atlanta to see him. The guy plays for three hours. I mean, he pours his heart and soul and sweat in everything that he does. So I love him. Anytime I've saw him, it's just like, you know everything he's going to do. Um, so it's just, it's it's a great concert. So looking forward to taking Amanda. Amanda, thank you for the tickets. Uh, sort of like Christmas gift kind of deal so um, she's a sweetheart she's the best and she yeah so the album uh, well I want to say this about it uh, my daughter took me to see Springsteen my daughter was cool S sent me to see Seeger with her and Springsteen in Atlanta and just me and her it was a great time and uh, but the album I'm going to do is a uh, uh, sort of out there, but it's the 1979 No Nukes concert. And that was uh, like a Jackson Brown, Bruce Springsteen, Bonnie Raitt, the whole thing. But Bruce and the East Street Band did a whole set. They just re-released it, and uh, it was fabulous. And if you're not a Springsteen fan and you like rock and roll, listen to this album. Because it was it was great. So, Percy, a non new, a non Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, yes. I'm in that camp. Yeah, you should be kicked in the balls. You had that. to be there. Yeah, if you've seen him, you would change your mind. Thunder but, Road. Thunder Road, baby. All right, so we're down to number two. My number two is I got this. The only chance that I get to see anything close to Led Zeppelin, I got to saw, got to see 
Page and Plant on their No Quarter Tour. No way. Nice. No way. And they did uh, Cashmere with a full orchestra. Where was this? It was in Birmingham. Mm. And it was was freaking awesome. I mean, I, I don't know how... With the full orchestra doing Cashmere, it was just, it blew my mind. And that's the closest That'd I'll be great. That's the closest I'll ever get to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and I think we all wish we could How see did I miss that one? Led. Right. Yeah, Willie. How'd you miss that one? Uh, and the uh, album I'm picking is Celebration Day. Okay. Because it has Cashmere on it. Okay. Uh, it's a live album that has Cashmere on it. Outstanding. That's my number two. All right. John, what's your number two? Well, my number two, I mean, I think we mentioned it before in some of our talking tonight, but it was just such a pivotal time for both these bands that were on this bill. And that's uh, Motley Crue. Oh, boy. And Guns N' Roses opened up for them in November 18, 1987. Nice. And that's their... That's their prime time. Intro mm-hmm. to Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you what, it was loud. It was in Birmingham, and this was the Girls, Girls, Girls album for Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. They had all been on rehab before this album and came out... Nikki and, Six had already o- OD'd from heroin. And fell off of rehab, so they were rocking. And when they came out on the stage, they had this big blow-up of a Harley-Davidson V-Twin, and it started revving. And it got louder and louder and louder until you just feel your chest and everything vibrating from it. And uh, it it was just a a sight to see. Um, Probably on the live album... Motley Crue didn't do a whole lot of live albums. No. So they have one that they call a live album, which is Live Entertainment or Death. <coughs> I really don't feel like that fit the experience as well as that Girls, Girls, Girls album. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm really going with. Okay. And it was rocking. Yep. It is a rocking album. That was heyday for both those bands. It was. It was prime time. All right. Oh, yeah, for that era, too. Uh, In Living Color. And Guns and Roses, man. With all those guys. Mm. Yeah. They sort of brought it back. All right, Willie. Willie T. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, June the 24th through the 26th, 1994, when Anagraph sent me over to London for, uh, for a summer working, and I had the chance to go to Glastonbury, the world's longest-running music festival. I think it started in 1970. And I think that's right, it's the longest running. But I had the opportunity to see uh, World Party, Tool, The Pretenders, Levelers, Subdued, Subdudes, um, Spin Doctors, oh, wow. Rage Against the Machine. Love them. Radiohead. Mm. Yeah, Radiohead was just coming out. One Peter Gabriel, Paul Weller, Oasis was just coming out. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. James Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown's background singer waved at me because I had an Alabama sweatshirt on. Uh, Grant Lee Buffalo, the band, 
including Grant Lee Buffalo or Grant Lee Phillips, the man. Uh, Elvis Costello closed out the show Sunday night. Wow. Two thirty in the morning. I had to drive back and had to be at work the next morning. Blind Melon, Bjork. But the heyday of the show, Percy was Johnny Cash. Man. June Carter. John R. And John Cash. No uh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I met these folks from Bath, a neighboring city. Uh, uh, Glastonbury is actually at Pilton mm -hmm. on this guy's sheep farm, huge sheep farm. But I met these folks from Bath, these two couples, and we got to talking about, you know, I met them like the first day. And it's like, who, uh, who do y'all want to see? And uh, they were into classic rock, so we, we would always meet back up, mostly at the main stage, and see all these crack classic rock bands. Well, they wanted to see Johnny Cash and Dwight Yoakam. Oh, I didn't mention Dwight. Dwight Yoakam was there, too. Uh, so we set up shop right in front of uh, this big boom that we'd come down that was filming the crowd. Uh, it was on European MTV, the, yeah. everything from the main stage. They had that. So um, for that show, I, I think Dwight Yoakam played before, so I met him there. And then just before Johnny Cash comes on, the Bishop of Bath comes out to speak. And he's speaking, and all these kids are just heckling him. And... Finally, they figure out he's not going to shut up. He's going to do his spill. So everybody sits down on the ground. Well, he's talking about some woman, lady in pop music, that is leading our children astray. And this goes on and on. He never mentions it, but you know he's talking about Madonna. Mm -hmm. Long spill, like I said. And he makes the mistake of taking a breath. And Willie, in his fake English accent, screams out, Burn her! A guy over here goes, Yeah, burn her! Guy back here says, Yeah, burn the bitch! 80,000 people start chanting, Burn her! Burn the bitch! Burn her, oh, to Monty Python. Yeah. Oh, I, I could have crawled in a hole. I, I don't know. I don't know what possessed me to say that. But the bishop looks at me, John, June, and uh, Johnny is waiting to come on stage, right of him. He turns and looks at them, looks back at me, turns and looks back at them, looks back at me. And this whole crowd all the time is going, burn her, burn the bitch. And the bishop breaks up, breaks down and starts laughing. Mm -hmm. And Johnny, Johnny Cash, June Carter, and John Cash starts laughing. And I'm still just wanting to crawl in a hole, you know. So, uh, he got the crowd settled down. Uh, finished his speech. And then uh, they came on, fabulous show. 
But one song that stood out the most was, like I said, it was on European MTV. And I look up at this big screen beside the stage at one point, and he's playing Folks in, Pri Folks in Prison Blues. And there's this girl in goth with black tights, black boots, black skirt, black top, rainbow hair, mullet down to her waist. Every part of her body that could be pierced was pierced, and she slam dancing full body on the screen to Folsom Prison Blues. That's awesome. It it was like what an experience. Crazy. So the album's got to be Folsom Prison. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We love that album, by the way. Yeah, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. I'm in, I'm in that camp. I'll I'll take John R. in today. <laughs> All right. All right, so it's my number two. All right, and then we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll get to number one. So my number two, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Saw him in like 89, Oak Mountain Amphitheater, and the cool thing about it was Joe Cocker opened for him. Y'all may have been at that show. No, I miss it. Cocker opens for Stevie Ray, and you're like, well, it's Joe Cocker. This is great. But Stevie Ray came out and dominated. I saw Wayne at that show. Um, I was right out of college. I made enough money to buy Stevie Ray Vaughan tickets, and it was fabulous. And this was shortly uh, before he uh, died in a helicopter crash. So Stevie Ray Vaughan is my number two, and I will never, ever forget that experience. And uh, before we get to number ones, we're going to take a little commercial break, and then we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We are at the moment of truth. It's everyone's number ones. I'm sure there'll be uh, maybe a good story or two to go with these. What do you think, guys? Oh, yes. Y'all been having a good time? Most yeah, been great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for so, inviting us. That's for yeah, sure. We're glad. Y'all are yeah. epic, legendary, and we knew... We've wanted to do this one for a while, but uh, we felt like we needed to build up our chops before we invited you two characters in here anyway. So uh, We've listened to a lot of the shows, and man, you, you, do, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, well, and so sure. does Willie's. Willie's friends that love music on Facebook, invite only, but if you'll come a-knocking, you'll probably get an invite. Yeah, you can hit up either four of us. We're on there. Yeah, we're all there. So... Man, I don't know what Percy's got, but we're at number one. Percival, what you got? My number one for me is, and I've seen him eight times, and it's the history of the Eagles tour. And it's for the simple fact that they brought out Bernie Ledden. Right. For the history of the Eagles. And when they brought out Bernie, because I'm a huge Bernie fan, you know, it, that was a big deal for me because I never got to see the original members right. live. When they brought out Bernie Ledden at, at the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center, that was that was great. And they said that they wanted to bring Randy, but he was having health problems. Right. And they couldn't bring him out. And the live album that I'm going with is The Eagles Live, 1980. Yeah, it's a good I one. Mean, Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. It's the Eagles. I mean, I, I, 
there's a myriad of Eagles concerts I could pick. I I saw the Eagles live one time, and when Joe Walsh did basically a 15-minute of Turn to Stone, it was just immaculate. But I'm choosing that one simply for the fact that they brought out Bernie Ledden All right. and they brought him back. I love it. Love the Eagles. John, what is your number one? All right, my number one, I'm going to call it Audible. Omaha, as Omaha. you say. Omaha. Uh, I was going to go with Eric Clapton, but we spoke about him. That was phenomenal. But I'm going to go way back in history to a truly epic show. And this was George Thurgood oh, and boy. the Delaware Destroyers in January the 24th in 1985 <laughs> at the Man. Boutwell Auditorium. Metal chairs and everything. Uh, there was no chairs in that place. Oh, it was standing all room only. Standing, standing room, room only. General admission. Yep. Mm. Um, me and my good friend Tim Wynn saw that show. He brought in his I think it was on a Canon camera. Nikon. A Nikon camera, smuggled it in under his jacket, went and assembled it in the bathroom. We start heading out to the floor and the place is packed. We didn't get there for the opening act. We started headed, made a beeline for the front. And I don't know where it came up with, but I started saying, excuse me, excuse me, Birmingham Post Herald coming through. So we started pushing our way all the way to the front. John parted the waters for us. We oh, man. got to the almost Moses to the stage. John. At that time, you could put your arms on the stage and watch the show. Yeah. And there was this one big dude. He looked at Tim. He saw his camera. And then he looked at me. He says, okay, I get him being taking pictures, but wh who are you? I just looked at him and said, I'm the dude he pays to get the pictures. And we pushed right past him, put our stuff and our arms on the no way. stage. Our elbows were on the and stage. And we watched the show right there. And you was, still got pictures? It was I awesome. I got the pictures, and I've recently tried to find them. They're, they're buried in a closet or upstairs one. Uh, tell them what he wore there, John. Oh, he had, he had the bad to the bone on. He had the rattlesnake jacket and everything everything on and i'm telling you for a little band they were tight and loud and jamming and this was right in that time period where you know that bad to the bone album was out yeah i just want to add that the first three cassettes that i ever owned as a child was hank williams jr's greatest hits the beach boys live <laughs> And George Thurgood in the Destroyer's Life. <laughs> Just a, another little note about the Boutwell. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a, it's a cozy Definitely. little venue. But to go to the bathrooms, you got to go back in this little corner and down this little staircase, and there's a landing, and then there's another little staircase to where the bathrooms I are. I vaguely remember that. And uh, this place was packed. I mean, it was an animal house. And we finally leave our spot up front and go and you get down to the landing and then you can go down about three steps and then the water's backed up to about the third step of that last landing and there's empty kegs floating around in there <laughs> on the floor. and then there's dudes walking around in there 
using the bathroom and stuff and other dudes just standing on the landing, you know, and taking their best shot. Basically what we did. And it's just one of those things that you just never forget. Epic. How can that not be a number one experience? Yeah, I think when we got up to the stage, right up to the, there was a couple of couples and uh, John said, you know, Birmingham Post Herald, Birmingham News, whatever he was saying. And he said, do y'all want to be in the newspaper? <laughs> and they said, well, yeah. And he said, well, here, scoot over. We'll take your picture. And then y'all be in the newspaper if y'all let us up in front of you. <laughs> so we, we took their picture and got our elbows, like yeah. I said, right up on the stage. That's amazing. We've got some great pictures. That's a great story. What's your album? The album that I'd have to say is from right in that era is... Thorough Good Life, 1986. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad to the Bone. Bad to the mm -hmm. Bone. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. It was all on there, all of his yeah, hits. All that album. stuff yeah. is good. Love George Thorough Good. Willie, can't wait to hear what this number one is. Okay, I'm going to take it back all the way to the beginning. Uh, you know, before this show, I had never seen a live band out, other than the fact of, you know, I went to Douglas High School. Douglas grade school and uh, during the hard <laughs> good times uh, <laughs> but during our Sweet harvest leaf. festival in the gym in the lobby of the gym they would have bands playing so you know I'd go around with the kids and do the trampoline you know the fish pond all that stuff you know the harvest festival but I'd leave them because they wouldn't want to go, and I'd, I'd go in and sit and listen to the band, uh, you know, play for the rest of the night. But uh, July the 16th, 1976, Rickwood Field, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, boy. Ty Cobb and all those old yeah. ladies were filmed. My older, my older brother, Alvin Mims, took me to the show that day. It was a daytime show. Started off with Johnny and Edgar Winter, and I want to say that Rick Derringer was with them too. You know, rock and roll hoochie-coo. Didn't Johnny Winter write rock and roll hoochie-coo? Uh, Rick Derringer did. He yeah. wrote it, mm -hmm. Rick or he wrote played it. with yeah, he, Johnny. He, he played. There with, was some yeah, tie. Yeah. I want to say he was at that show. I can't be for sure. That's um, a long time ago. July 16th, 76. I was 11. The next band was... Yeah, I was two. <laughs> you would have had a good time, Hershey. I would have. <laughs> uh, the next band was uh, Green Grass and High Tides forever. The Outlaws. The Outlaws. They smoked it. The headline was in their heyday, the Leonard Skinner. It where was this again? Rick Woodfield, Birmingham, Alabama. Man. June 16th, 1976. Prime. That was prime. Single one of them. Uh, you know, even JoJo Billingsley, Leslie Hawkins, and Cassie Gaines. The Crackers. Hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Muscle Shoals Trio. Honkettes. Honkettes. Yeah, the Honkettes. Yeah. 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 I mean, what a fabulous show. They, uh, Birmingham had some ordinance of 11 p.m. 
and 11 p.m. they unplugged the stage. Lights went out. People were, oh, they, they were raising hell. And they turned it back on for just a little while, and then they pulled the plug again. Mm. But uh, Skinner, you know, um, what can I say? Uh, that was their heyday, greatness, and I guess it was, what, the, uh, one or two years after that? They were scheduled to come back to Birmingham uh, just after the, the plane, plane crash. Yeah, great um, story. Um, you know, I was 15 years old. Uh, my first experience with draft beer. I don't <laughs> guess the statute can go back that far, huh? Nah. The guy that sold me that beer. Nah. Uh, not once did it get carded. But, uh, yeah, 15 years old, buying $1.16 ounce cup of, uh, of draft beer. Miller Light. Mm. I saw, yeah, like was Miller Highlight, probably. Miller Highlight, yeah. yeah. I, I saw a lot of things that day. Uh, I was offered a lot of things that day that we can't mention. My movie, or live album, is Freebird, the movie. I love that. It's a uh, Knobsworth Festival and uh, help me, John. Heffordshire, England. Heffordshire. <laughs> With an English accent. Yeah. August the 21st, right along that same time, August 21st, 1976. Uh, man, uh, give me back my bullets. You know, My favorite Skinner song. Leonard, is, Leonard Skinner's got those mainstay. Mm -hmm. I, I won't choose... Sweet Home Alabama, because I respect Percy. Um, Thank you for that. That's <laughs> been overplayed. But Still it is great. the greatest song in... It is. Ever. No, that would be One of them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, give me back my bullets. Cry for the bad man. I mean... That's good stuff. It was a life-changing experience for a 15-year-old. I bet. I bet. Great number ones, guys. And, and uh, again, what a great playlist this will make. Um, my number one, we'll wrap it up here. Um, and Percy's probably got this figured out, so I'm a ZZ Top nut. Uh, ZZ Top, 1983, the Eliminator Tour, Birmingham. We, uh, me and Chuck Ellis and Scott Quigley, actually skipped school. We jumped out the window of Miss Edmondson's room <laughs> during biology, gotten Chuck's uh, two-seater truck, had sliding glass window, and we had a cooler of Miller ponies. And this was back in the day. We drove down I-59 South to Birmingham. I sat in the back, passed beers in and out of the sliding <laughs> glass window, and you, those eight ounce ponies, you drain them, and they were road sign hang grenades. <laughs> Nail yeah, road just sign. nailing a road sign. <laughs> and the deal was Quig had to sit in the back on the way home. So I got the better end of the deal because, you know, it was spring, but it was still a little bit cool. And um, 
I'll just never forget that concert, that concert experience. They opened up with Under Pressure. They were wearing blue, powder blue painters dickies with white painters hats. Sammy Hagar opened for them. It was awesome. fabulous. The smell in the air was, oh my gosh, what is this? Uh, <laughs> and uh, we made it home. No cops pulled us over. This was heyday stuff to me yeah. in 83. Classic. And, uh, yeah, absolute classic. And that's my number one concert experience. I was at that show. Yeah, but yeah, it, that it was it was it was balling. So it was great. So anyway, guys, this has been a great episode. Great podcast. We appreciate y'all being here. I want to thank our sponsors again. Um, the, we had a couple of them stop in before the show, and that was great. And uh, hope to have y'all back on. Uh, for another episode, we'll figure out what that will be. But um, been a great night, a lot of fun. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, thank you, Wendy, for the spirits, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Lynn, for the crackers. Always. And all I got to say is, bye bye. <laughs>